there, you are listening to IWG Radio, the place to be for all of your wellness needs. We just want to take a moment to thank you so much for listening and just let you know that any of the information that is provided is strictly for an educational resource and is not intended to diagnose or treat any conditions. The lifestyle interventions discussed should not be used as a substitute for any type of conventional medical therapy. Hello everyone, this is Dr. Phil Pritting, doctor of chiropractic, craniosacral therapist, and certified foundation training instructor. Today on this podcast, I'm going to be talking about the thoracic spine and shoulders and why it is important to keep that part of our body healthy, Um, all the anatomy, nervous system, energetic components. We'll talk a little bit about breathing and the importance of cultivating that form of practice in your everyday life. So here we go. So I'll start off with talking about the anatomy of the thoracic spine. The thoracic spine consists of 12 vertebrae. The 12 vertebrae create a curve called the kyphosis. And this is created uh, when the body is developing in the womb in the fetal position. This is often called the primary curve. From the spine, there are bony prominences or outgrowths that come out of the side of the thoracic vertebra. These are called transverse processes, and these are designed in our body to create a connection or a joint with the ribs. The ribs then come out of that connection from the spine into the sternum or the breastbone, and it is built, there's a built connection to that breastbone by a costal cartilage. And this cartilage contributes to the elasticity of the walls of the chest. So allowing that the wall of the chest to expand and have a little bit of room to grow and move. So it's not this rigid uh, structure. From there, so from the, um, the top of the sternum or breastbone, we have the collarbones. The pol- collarbones connect from the top portion of the breastbone into the shoulder blades, the front of the shoulder blades, just above where the arm meets the shoulder to make the actual shoulder joint. So right where that joint comes in, where our our arm bone connects into the concavity of the shoulder blade, that makes where the shoulder shoulder joint um, is created and the collarbone is very much an important part of that system. In that upper part, right behind the clavicle, that region we have, that's where the uh, first rib is located and also the top part of the lung. So I think it's important to kind of visualize what structures are are in that thoracic area, upper thoracic area, and what organ systems uh, that, that part of our skeleton is protecting. The region behind the sternum is called the mediastinum. And this is a space where the heart and its vessels are located. The esophagus, so the first part of our digestive tract from the mouth, where the food goes down. Also our trachea, or the windpipe. The phrenic nerve, which innervates the diaphragm and the cardiac nerves, so the nerves that go into the heart. The thymus gland. This gland is important to our adaptive immune system. 
and it is composed of highly specialized and systemic cells and processes that eliminate pathogens or prevent their growth. We also have the lymph. There are lymph system or lymph nodes in the central chest that is located in this mediastinum region, the upper thoracic ribcage region. In the lower ribcage region, kind of um, a few inches above the belly button, basically like if you can feel like right at the base of the, of the rib cage, just below where our breastbone ends. That is where our stomach, our spleen, our pancreas sits as well as our liver. So that whole region, our thoracic spine, the nerves that go out of this part of our, our body go to innervate all those organs. So that upper half, that upper thoracic from the first to the fourth the nerve supply that comes out of the spinal cord, out of the space between the spine, goes to communicate with the heart, lungs, esophagus, windpipe. Also goes into part of our hand, so the, the inside of our arm and into our hand. The lower part of the thoracic spine, the lower part of the, the rib cage area, goes to communicate with our upper GI, our gallbladder, our liver, pancreas, stomach, spleen, small intestine, as well as the kidneys. So the kidneys are very important to our filtration system. And on top of the kidneys sits our adrenals. And the adrenals have two parts to them. The adrenal cortex, so the outer part of the gland. This produces important hormones that are vital to life, such as cortisol, which help regulate metabolism and helps your body respond to stresses. So very important system to, to keep healthy and be aware of. And there's also another um, hormone called aldosterone, which helps control our blood pressure. And in the inside of that gland, the inner part of the gland is the medulla. And this produces hormones such as adrenaline. So that fight or flight, we get ready to go, um, which helps our body react to the stresses that are coming into our life. So in this thoracic spine region, so where the lower neck meets the upper neck and then the lower part of the rib cage, right when we're getting to our upper low back area, kind of our solar plexus area, that's our sympathetic nervous system. That's our fight or flight nervous system that helps um, us prepare for stresses and helps us adapt. So it's important to keep, oftentimes when we do see people in a stressful situation or maybe a depressed situation, um, that rounding of that spine, the more curve happens, the shoulders round forward, the head juts forward, and we close down those vital organs. So you can see this is what happens, I think, unconsciously when we're sitting a lot or we're not being conscious of our posture or how we're holding ourselves up. Oftentimes, the first thing that we do is we collapse into that curve, which puts more stress on the sympathetic nervous system. And thus, we have this cycle that we're basically running over and over and over. And that can lead to just overreaction and burnout or to the body not being able to adapt out of that sympathetic nervous system. So, so overactive or overactive stress um, just bombardment of stress or not, not working to allow our spine to decompress in that area um, can negatively affect 
this important part of our nervous system and thus all the organs that I'd spoken before, all those get negatively affected. The communication shuts down to those organs and thus they do not function as properly as they could. Next I'd like to talk a little bit about the muscular, musculoskeletal system that, are, that is involved with the thoracic spine and shoulders. I'd like to start with the rotator cuff. Um, oftentimes when we have this roundedness in our body or the thoracic spine is compromised, the shoulders will follow. The shoulders are directly connected the, to the thoracic spine. Uh, so the, the, sh the rotator cuff, a group of muscles are designed to hold that shoulder joint in place, to hold our upper arm bone into, this, into the shoulder blade helps connect with the collarbone and if one of these and if any of these muscles lose their integrity or strength this can cause the shoulder to not move with optimal range of motion and mobility and so we want this freedom of glide of the shoulder blade along the rib cage and when we don't use these muscles properly or support our, our skeleton properly with these muscles oftentimes there's compromise in, into this area. And uh, I'd like to go into talking a little bit about Thomas Myers from Anatomy Trains. He describes the thoracic spine area or can, has found with cadavers and um, dissection that there's a spiral that comes through the thoracic spine. So it starts from the feet into the front of the leg the outsides of the hips, if you can visualize this, so, so from the feet to the front of that leg, the shin area, outside of the hips, across the mid-torso, solar plexus, so there makes an X right there, continuing across the rib cage, behind the ribs, behind the shoulder blades, making another X across the back side of our spine, right at that, what's called thoracic three, four, and five region. So the third, fourth, and fifth thoracic vertebra, which is at right at the top part of our shoulder blades. And then from there, crosses up to the base of the skull. So we can see that there's a, there's a connection from head to toe, and the thoracic spine is an important piece of where connection from bottom part meets to connect with top part. There's a spiraling that happens and this is often what we find with athletic endeavors. Um, often athletes do, if they can tap into this spiral line using that rotation and strength to drive their, their, the bottom of their feet through the hips, through the torso, through the rib cage, into the shoulders. Thus, that's where a lot of power and strength can happen. And so if we can train our body to hold ourselves with this spiral line in mind, uh, we can have profound benefits to keep this system, our system healthy. Often uh, in Kundalini Yoga, there's a lot of rotation, twisting motions, which can, which can help. I like to imagine like you're wringing out stagnant energy and tension in the internal organs, in the lungs, uh, improving mobility, oxygenation, blood flow. So <clears throat> going into that type of motion, working into the, the rib cage, we often don't use the muscles that connect into in between the ribs the intercostal muscles 
and the serratus muscles. We often don't use them to their fullest capability. When we're stressed or we're not taught how to breathe deeply into the rib cage, um, the, the muscles of the neck, the, the scalenes, which are called accessory respiratory muscles, those become primary and that can put a lot of tension into the system, into our, our sympathetic nervous system because we're trying to use smaller muscles to lift basically the whole rib cage from the top of the rib cage where the collarbone meets. We're trying to use smaller muscles to lift that, the whole rib cage up from there rather than expanding the rib cage using our intercostals or the muscles that are in between each rib. And that just takes some training and mindfulness to tap into putting our attention and breath into those muscles rather than shallowly breathing or unconsciously breathing in our neck muscles to do the job of those muscles. So when we allow ourselves to expand our rib cage, we allow the diaphragm to drop further, allow that muscle to open up that cavity, open up the space, open up the pressure. And when we do that, the whole parasympathetic, sympathetic nervous system becomes more balanced. So there are a few breath work techniques or work that's out there that I like to share if some of you are not familiar. The first one is uh, Wim Hof. Um, he's been showing us as human beings the importance of breath and how tapping into it every day can change our, our way of being, our physiology, our mentality, um, our emotions, our capabilities physically. So I'd like to share a little bit of uh, some of his research that he's doing in breath work. So he describes the importance of keeping, keeping the body the lungs fully expanded to oxygenate, oxygenate the blood and reduce the CO2 in the blood. So the oxygen will convert into CO2 and water, which takes place in the mitochondria. So the mitochondria are double bound membrane organelles, so organs in cells that are responsible for cleansing energy and, all the, and with all the purpose for our bodies to function properly. They are energy suppliers of the cell. They are known, they, so the energy supply in the cell are called ATP. And ATP is essential for generation of electrical signals to the nervous system and keeping our, our cells functioning as high as possible. And so without adequate oxygen or nourishment in the body, ATP cannot be created as easily. So without ATP, we simply wouldn't be able to move or have the fullest capacity to think. So he's done some research, mindfulness-based stress reduction. So he's been able to influence this autonomic nervous system, this parasympathetic, sympathetic nervous system with his technique. Uh, he was part of an experiment where he was given E. coli bacteria he was injected with the E. coli bacteria started, or he and a group of other people were uh, practicing the breathing technique, the ox high oxygenating, oxygenated breathing technique. So after administering, nor the control subjects had, you know, 
flu-like symptoms with headache, fever, muscle pain for a number of hours. But Wim only suffered mild headache at a time when the flu symptoms were normally at its strongest. So the results showed that Wim produced less than half the number of inflammatory proteins in comparison to the average of the test subjects who were injected with the bacterium. The study declared that Wim Hof was able to produce a controlled response to the bacteria administered. So he, he was consciously able to tap into his innate immune ability with the breathwork that he's been practicing for years and, uh, and now teaching. He also describes the alkalinity and the acidity of the blood. So many of us are living, our bodies are living in a too much of a, an acidic environment. And when our bodies become overly acidic, mainly due to excess, excess processed foods, sugars, alcohols, caffeine, and also stress, um, those, those create inflammatory processes and thus an acidic response. So what they found with chronic acidity in the body, chronic fatigue, brain fog, headache, lack of appetite, shallow breathing, increased heart rate, weight gain, joint pain, just to name a few, can be a result of having too much acidity in the blood. And so Wim's technique is really designed to change the pH with our breath. To oxygenate our system, we can improve the alkalinity in the body by reducing the CO2. And doing that, profound sensations can happen, overall well-being, and this is something we can tap into every day. It just takes some time to learn, but um, it's amazing what the body can do, how it can self-regulate through deep, deep breath work. So I highly recommend checking out his work and practicing it when you can. The second form of uh, breathing technique that I'd like to share is, is from the foundation training program. So in foundation training, we really utilize the decompression breath. So the expansion of the rib cage, allowing the diaphragm to drop, but really tapping into the muscles that are in the, that connect into the spine, that connect between the ribs and focusing our attention out of using our neck muscles and into the, the rib cage fully and allowing the lungs to expand as fully as possible and to create that expansion and also to keep that expansion when we exhale. So we're exponentially opening up, opening up, expanding and expanding with each breath. So it's a very, very muscular form of breathing that can keep our whole spine decompressed and the spaces between the spine, the joints, our shoulders, our mu basically musculoskeletal nervous system loop healthy. And so the idea is that you, you, you focus in on the rib cage above or below and expand it in a 360 degree fashion. So front, back, side, up, down, like a barrel or like a hot air balloon. You're expanding it 360 degrees in all directions as smoothly and coordinated as you possibly can. And when you do this on a daily basis, it becomes very meditative and 
your body starts to change. The neurology, the patterning starts to change and you're able to support yourself in a, in a much more dynamic way. And then the autonomic, that autonomic nervous system starts, your body starts to recognize and doing it without um, focusing in so much because you've put in the training ahead of time. So now it's like this, this reprogramming, this neuroplasticity that you're creating. And so this is, was definitely created in mind of our modern day lifestyle where we're sedentary, we're rounding our thoracic spine too much, shoulders run, roll forward. So to use gravity as our friend to literally pull and breathe ourselves long and tall and expanded. And it's, uh, it's definitely a game changer once you can learn these tools. So foundation training is um, just full body work in general, but with learning the specific cueing and feeling of decompression breathing is uh, an amazing thing to uh, provide for yourself in everyday life. The last thing I'd like to talk about is the energetic component of this part of our body, the thoracic spine shoulder region. So like I described before, where that spiraling from Thomas Myers, he talks about that spiraling, it kind of... It, it crosses right at the solar plexus area. So just below the, the sternum, that breastbone, if you can palpate down, down until you feel like the end is met, that's where that solar plexus area is. And that's our self-worth, um, self-confidence, what we're doing here in our life, our purpose, you know, how we're feeling about ourselves. The color that comes through this part of the body chakra region is the yellow so tapping into yellow colors you can get yellow lens glasses i often use yellow lens glasses when it's kind of like a overcast day or you're feeling a little gloomy or you live in a region where the sun isn't coming out as often if you put on the yellow glasses you can find these online wherever yellow lens glasses and you can put those on um, it's amazing where how your body starts to change physiologically by just seeing the color. And if you can imagine, okay, we are if we are slumping and sitting and rounding our back, our back and rounding our thoracic spine, closing that solar plexus region, how that can influence us energetically. And you can see, you find that that's when you can feel ourselves if we're not feeling the best. Oftentimes that area is very closed down. So that breath work, the decompression breathing, the Wim Hof breathing, doing dynamic shoulder exercises, rotator cuff exercises to lengthen that torso, to lengthen the rib cage up, you are energetically opening up your self-worth as well. And then, so above that is the heart chakra. So that mediastinum region that I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast, that space where the heart, upper lungs, the thymus gland, our immune system, so the heart chakra in Sanskrit, so the literal, literal translation in Sanskrit of the heart chakra, it means unhurt. It's a spiritual place where past experiences and grievances cannot harm us. So most of us have some sort of trauma in the past um, from where we were kids or through just living life um, and into adulthood, wherever, we have some sort of past experience where we may have felt hurt or were grieving through 
and this might be subconscious or conscious, but keeping that space open, oftentimes when I start to open my, my shoulders, when I reach my arms wide, a lot of kundalini yoga where you can where you reach the hands up overhead and do dynamic dynamic breath of fire work where you're rhythmic rhythmically trance-like breathing with your hands up opening that heart space you can energetically open up this center this heart chakra center which can create transformation and love forgiveness and compassion so just tapping into the physical body moving, you can see that it can be just more than exercise. You can tap into the energetic component. You can work through traumas. You can breathe through traumas. And just knowing the importance of this region of the spine, just the importance of your body, your skeletal system, your nervous system in general, having appreciation for it and know that these are all, our system is kind of like a blueprint and the body is able to teach us things and so just having more knowledge about energetic centers musculoskeletal centers breathing abilities why keeping the shoulders healthy and long and, and open why that's important by just not, more than just getting strong but you're also working with the nervous system the energetic system so if you're resonating with any of the information and looking to take the next step please take advantage of our complimentary 15-minute strategy calls you can access the link at our site. We thank you so much for listening and we'll see you.